You're listening to The Luxury Item, the podcast on the business of luxury and the people and companies that are shaping the future of the luxury industry. Here's your host, Scott Kerr. When it comes to clothes, made in Italy is synonymous with the tangible virtues of quality, craftsmanship, and design. One heritage brand that is synonymous with these virtues is Canale. Canale has been a paradigm of tailor-made Italian luxury and men's elegance for 88 years. Since 1934, it has been promoting the values of made-in-Italy excellence through its artisanal know-how, creating sartorial masterpieces of exceptional wearability and comfort in a perfect balance of elements that blends culture and heritage with style and taste. My guest today on The Luxury Item is Stefano Canale, President and Chief Executive Officer of the Italian luxury house Canale. Stefano represents the third generation of the founding family and has been its president and CEO since 2018. Welcome to The Luxury Item, Stefano. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on. So, you know, last month, Canali presented its fall-winter 2022 menswear collection uh, as part of Milan Fashion Week. The reviews said it was a collection inspired by the Art Deco style of the 30s. And if you think about it, that era really represents the belief that optimism, beauty, and creativity can survive and even thrive. So could you tell us about that collection and the underlying theme that you wanted to convey to the world? Yeah, as I said, uh, the optimism underlying this collection is uh, very much actual as far as uh, the, the, the pandemic is concerned. Everybody is looking forward to exiting uh, a nightmare that lasted over the past two years. Um, so we believe that uh, imbuing optimism into this collection was uh, very much uh, actual and important for uh, all of us, uh, uh, people working for Canali and uh, customers buying Canali worldwide. Um, I'd like to add the fact that uh, this collection is a further step uh, on an evolutionary path that we devised uh, well before the pandemic hit uh, the world. Um, an evolutionary path, which is very important concerning uh, the, the DNA of Canali itself. Uh, Canali comes from a former wear. Uh, Canali comes from something that many believe uh, is a kind of outdated these days, uh, mm-hmm. as I had a chance to uh, say in, a, in other moments over the past months and years. Uh, I strongly believe that former wear is not uh, that at all. It's just a matter of evolving your proposal um, in a uh, in, a, in a consistent manner concerning the, the request from the customers and the request from the markets themselves. So uh, when I refer to uh, a way to evolve the formula where I specifically refer to the fact that if you consider the way a man looks uh, when he wears a jacket, mm-hmm. uh, I believe that it is kind of disputed that uh, a man looks uh, definitely better than uh, you know, wearing anything else. So um, we believe that it's not a matter of uh, um, you know, getting rid of the formula itself. It's a matter of making sure that the way it is constructed, the way it is manufactured, the way uh, you, uh, you add the details or exchange details with uh, you know, a piece of garments belonging to maybe a, a sportswear collection or something that looks quite uh, far from the formula itself. It's a matter. It's a matter to make sure that uh, your proposal is up to date and is consistent with the requests coming from the market. Uh, if you just consider the way a classic suit was uh, conceived uh, a while ago, uh, you may refer to the fact that it was uh, a kind of edgy. Uh, it usually came with uh, uh, like thick uh, shoulder pads, mm-hmm, uh, right. uh, and the construction was kind of heavy and so forth. Uh, nowadays. Uh, 
uh, you basically preserve the shape and the uh, most valuable feature of the jacket itself, the way it, it, it uh, makes uh, the, uh, the, the customer, the wearer look, and you change everything else. You change uh, the fabrics. Now we use a uh, lighter fabric, so we change the construction. The construction is very, sorry, lightweight. Uh, you change uh, even the details that sometimes you, you borrow from uh, sportswear uh, pieces of garment, and you end up with something that uh, looks uh, definitely up to date. Right. And, you know, even before the pandemic induced work from home wardrobe that turned us all into these connoisseurs of casual wear, the trend was already, you know, moving towards dressing down and, and that's been going strong for a while. Is that something that Canali saw even before the pandemic? Um, we saw something like that, uh, even though the pandemic uh, uh, moved uh, the, uh, the, the balance towards uh, the, uh, you know, undressed look, uh, everybody's staying home, uh, they don't feel the necessity to dress up, to put on something uh, 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 more, uh, uh, more, uh, more, more edgy or even uh, uh, more, uh, more formal. Uh, they uh, were dressing like jumpers or a tracksuit or a t-shirt and they don't feel the need to do anything more than that. Uh, we, what we saw after the pandemic was uh, the desire coming from almost everybody to uh, get rid of, you know, the, the stuff that uh, reminded them of, uh, you know, a very difficult period of their life mm -hmm. and uh, to, to move back to something that allowed them to look better, to look different. And uh, we, we noticed that many customers of ours decided to get rid of the whole wardrobe they had used over the previous two years and they flocked to the stores uh, um, and they, they, they bought whatever was available in order to, you know, look different, look new and enter a new normalcy. You know, the brand's success over its 88-year history has been as much the product of beautifully tailored garments as its ability to overcome significant challenges throughout its history. So were there any lessons that you reached into from unprecedented obstacles in the company's history that helped you navigate through COVID-19? Yes, uh, actually having a, a such a long history, uh, it's very important because uh, it basically teaches you how to overcome difficult periods. Um, over the past uh, 88 years, uh, uh, our family um, experienced uh, major difficulties in two situations, uh, the foreman being the World War II that basically canceled and raised whatever had been accomplished before and forced uh, the family to uh, redesign uh, its business model and to invest uh, all the savings that had accrued until then. And the second moment, the latter moment was uh, the end of the 60s, uh, when uh, the company was uh, uh, a leader in the overcoat and raincoat uh, uh, business. And all of a sudden, the, the, the overcoat and the raincoat business uh, went out of fashion and forced the company to uh, reinvent itself once again and to move back to its root, which was uh, the, the former wear. Um, the lessons we, we can learn from these experiences, which were very useful during the pandemic, uh, that was the, the most uh, difficult moment of my life um, so far, and I hope it's going to be the last one, yeah. of course, um, is the fact that uh, you have to, uh, of course, work on uh, um, ideas, 
Okay, if you have ideas for the future, it's uh, of paramount importance. Uh, you also have to have the finance uh, to be able to execute these ideas. Uh, you have to have determination in executing your ideas. And of course, uh, a bit of luck always helps. Right. Speaking of history, you know, in 2020, Canali embarked on this project that explores its 88 year history through a, a new multimedia experience titled Canali Anthology. It's a collection of interviews and archival material that pay homage to some of the brand's most iconic figures and pays tribute to Canali's past. How did that whole project come about and why now? Um, well, first of all, it was not, not intended to be uh, an auto-celebration at all. Um, we believe that it was uh, first and foremost uh, a very nice story to tell. Um, and uh, it became a very actual when the project was released that it was during the pandemic because uh, uh, we believe that uh, anthology uh, tells everybody uh, the, the, the values and the approach that Canary Family uh, had over the past 88 years. And to some extent, uh, it gives uh, a very clear message of optimism and hope. Um, so as long as you are, you are resilient, okay, and you have a reason for, for being so, uh, you uh, have the chance to um, approach and to, uh, to live uh, any such difficult moment as the pandemic was, and to some extent still is, uh, with, uh, with the hope, uh, with uh, the chance to overcome the difficulties and to exit any such situation stronger. I also like to highlight the fact that anthology is a, a very clear, straightforward, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, I believe it is a very credible uh, description of uh, both uh, Canali families and Canali companies' values. Of course, uh, the, the family's values uh, imbue uh, the, the, the company's value. And I believe it's very uh, credible to the extent that uh, many important messages are uh, delivered by uh, many colleagues of ours uh, who gave uh, interviews and uh, um, through which they basically describe the way they feel um, working uh, with Canali. And uh, uh, it's a, a very consistent message throughout the interviews, no matter how uh, long these people have been working for Canali. We have people working for Canali for uh, like uh, 30 years. We have people who just joined the company and they basically say the same things, uh, which are, uh, you know, they come from the heart, which is very important. What are you hoping the, what are you hoping the consumer learns from that uh, by going through Canali anthology? Besides history, what do you want them to walk away with? Well, anthology is uh, the first step of uh, uh, a reposition, a strategic position we worked on uh, in uh, uh, 2019. Um, it, it is deemed to, to, to work like a foundation of, uh, of the position itself. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we found out that uh, Canali, no matter uh, you know, how old the company is, uh, is still a, a sort of rough diamond, a sort of a well-kept secret. So many people right. simply do not know the, the story or the history of Canal itself. And we believe that uh, knowing uh, uh, the, the values behind the company, knowing uh, you know, what the company did over the, the past 88 years uh, allows it to understand the reason why Canal embarks in any activities concerning both product marketing and so forth. And 
the values uh, that we describe in anthology project are intended to inform uh, the market initiatives that we will develop uh, over time. We hope uh, and we will strive uh, to make sure that these values are uh, clearly perceived by our customers and uh, they will help uh, to add authenticity and credibility to whatever we will do, either through products or through initiatives in the marketing uh, arena. And you represent the third generation of the founding family. What are some of the lessons that you learned from your father? Well, maybe the, the most important lesson is the fact that uh, humbleness is the highest virtue we have uh, to uh, keep in mind. Um, basically, humbleness is the virtue that keeps you from getting overconfident and even arrogant when you are successful. Uh, it basically prevents uh, you from making mistakes uh, and lets you make more rational decisions to some extent. On the other hand, humbleness makes you aware of the fact that difficulties and we even consider the so-called black swans might arise and uh, that you have to be prepared in order to, to face uh, such difficulties, no matter how big they are. And uh, one of the major lessons that, uh, that we learn over the past uh, 88 years is the fact that, for instance, uh, uh, saving money uh, and having the finance that uh, allows you to uh, implement the ideas you have is of paramount importance. And I'm highlighting the importance of savings because these days, uh, sometimes uh, if a company saves money, it looks like it's not investing the way it's supposed to. And you can imagine how much uh, savings were important and have been important over the past two years uh, um, in order for us to, to go through uh, you know, the difficulties of the pandemic. It allows us to make important things. For instance, it allows us to uh, um, make sure that uh, all of our colleagues in the world, worldwide, uh, um, were able to, to get 100% of the wage, uh, no matter what was happening in a specific country during 2020 until the end of September. Uh, it allowed us to uh, keep on paying uh, the uh, suppliers, even in a moment where you know the, the the stores were closed and some customers of ours were not able to to pay the the receivables mm -hmm. it allows us to uh you know keep on uh, uh making uh, all the investments that we're supposed to make uh, no matter the situation for instance we we managed to um implement uh, a retail expansion strategy in china mainland china in May 2020, during the pandemic, uh, because we believed that the strategy was uh, very important for us, and uh, we uh, believed that it was uh, uh, the right time to pr pursue these uh, these goals, uh, no matter what the situation was. So, what does your father think of the company today in this digital first era? Well, my father turned 90 last month. Nonetheless, uh, he uses uh, a smartphone. Okay, and uh, he, sometimes uh, <laughs> love it. he, love he it. enjoys the video calls. Okay, <laughs> uh, and uh, of course, uh, on one hand, uh, he cannot fully understand the, the importance uh, of the digital side of the market, 
and uh, the digital side of the marketing strategies, of course. But at the same time, uh, he's a very, very uh, open-minded and he uh, tends to highlight the importance of the physical world and of the uh, physical interaction with people, um, which is something that might slip a little bit uh, uh, these days uh, whenever we talk about uh, you know, the, uh, the marvelous solution proposed by, by the digital world or even the, the metaverse, which is a, a very hot word these days. Yeah, and we'll talk uh, about that shortly. Canali launched its US e-commerce site in 2016, a year after the brand launched its e-commerce site in Europe. How much of your business is e-commerce today and how do you plan on evolving the e-commerce platform this year? Uh, the e-commerce is a, a single digit um, business for us uh, compared to the total turnover. Uh, nonetheless, uh, uh, it is very important to highlight the fact that e-commerce uh, is a uh, very much complementary to the physical store. On one hand, uh, online store will never uh, take over the, the physical store as long as as we do, you have to propose uh, a product with a very interesting content that needs to be felt in person and needs to be explained by a knowledgeable salesperson. So the physical experience will never disappear whenever you have a product with a story with a very important content. On the other hand, the online service is as a, as a term says, uh, is, it's a service that complements uh, the, the physical experience and it allows to have a, a complete uh, brand experience uh, uh, 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. um, the e-commerce uh, over the past year grew by 50%. It managed to, to grow uh, even in 2020 by 10%. We believe that it's very important for us to uh, further develop the, um, the services uh, and the impact and the importance of the service uh, um, itself, so the, the, the internet platform. We are working on our platforming uh, this year. It will take place and will be released uh, in September. And uh, it will support uh, a new UX, a new UI, more services, uh, will uh, embrace uh, more markets. Uh, it's an investment that we believe will be worth the money will be spent. Yeah, that's exciting. And do you think the role of your boutiques has evolved in this post-pandemic world? Uh, definitely has. Um, uh, during the pandemic, while the boutiques were closed, uh, our salespeople managed to get in touch and keep in touch with the customers through videos, video calls, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, tailor-made messages. Uh, of course, uh, these further um, tools uh, uh, did not disappear, so they're still used by our salespeople. Uh, what we are going to do this year is... Uh, uh, to strengthen our CRM program. Uh, we will uh, develop new tools uh, for uh, the salespeople. We Great. will develop new tools for uh, the customers themselves in order to uh, make uh, uh, the experience with Canali more engaging, uh, more fruitful, and in order to make sure that uh, at the end of the day, the experience uh, of a final customer will be um, complete. Do you think the skills of your sales associates also have to change? Uh, yes, uh, to the extent that, uh, of course, uh, you have to be more proactive. Uh, when I refer to tools that CRM is going to implement, I basically refer to the need for uh, everybody, salespeople included, to um, 
to be able to uh, get the most out of the initiatives that we prepared in order to uh, get in touch with the customers, in order to make sure that the customer is fully satisfied with the service, with the product, and with the Canali brand as a whole. So uh, everybody these days is supposed to increase uh, the skills, uh, and the salespeople are definitely uh, will play a key role uh, in this process. You've said that Canali's Italian DNA and key values, you know, such as value of heritage and excellence, are at the very heart of the Canali brand. How do you take those values of an Italian menswear brand with a powerful heritage like Canali and talk to younger consumers in order to build a lasting relationship with them? Um, the key values of Canali are uh, uh, very well described uh, in the anthology project. I'm referring to gentleness, for instance, uh, politeness, uh, passion for details, um, and high quality. Um, which are, as I said before, the values of the Canali family. And again, having viewed the company for roughly 90 years by now, um, the authenticity and credibility of these values um, are confirmed by the very words of our colleagues interviewed uh, in Anthology, as I described before. Of course, Anthology is the first step of a wider marketing strategy that must blend initiatives uh, targeting different ages uh, and uh, even different geographies. Uh, for instance, the capsule with uh, the Chinese designer 8 on 8 was uh, specifically conceived for a younger Chinese consumer, uh, while the um, beefed up customization service that, that will be released uh, this year uh, will be cross geography and cross age. So the secret is uh, um, to be consistent with your DNA and ultimately um, to be credible in every initiative uh, you, you pursue. Um, I would like to stress the fact that uh, uh, talking about young consumers uh, is, uh, is very important, but again, I believe that we first and foremost uh, uh, must not forget the, the actual consumers yes. who try to be even older uh, or uh, not as young as uh, the Gen Z, which is uh, uh, you know, the, the most uh, sought after uh, customer these days. Um, you must not forget anybody. Uh, your current customers must be satisfied with the brand and with its evolution, while the younger customers, if they're not ready to buy Canali, today must be prepared to buy when we'll be able to uh, either afford um, uh, those prices or uh, when they will feel ready because uh, you know uh, of the of the change that uh, might affect their life and so forth so you want to make it an aspirational brand for the younger consumers yes yeah it's a sort of a seeding activity uh, if you cannot buy canali today uh, because uh, you, you're not ready for it and vice versa uh, you know we want you to to, to get to know canali um, and its its values and uh, its execution through the product offering uh, for the moment when you will feel ready to to buy your first uh, piece of garment by canal itself so in 2020, when China rebounded from the heavy impact of the coronavirus outbreak on luxury spending and retail, Canali took back control. I think it was like 10 of its stores in China. And Canali already had a large, well-established footprint in the country. And it's clear that China is a strategic priority for the brand. How does China fit into the bigger retail expansion plans for Canali? 
you give an idea of the importance of uh, markets for Canali, United States accounts for 40% of our turnover of last year, while China accounts for 20%. So it's half the size of a um, uh, United States market. Um, we believe that China has a huge potential to exploit. Uh, we believe that the most effective way for us to increase our presence and our turnover in China is uh, uh, through the opening of um, the OS. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a strategy that we defined um, in 2019. And uh, the, the first step of the strategy was executed in 2020, and the second step will be executed next year. Um, in the meantime, uh, we are also... Uh, developing uh, a franchise uh, a retail network uh, in China in order to have a, a very deep-rooted presence uh, in uh, such a big country. Um, as far as the United States is concerned, of course, uh, our strategy uh, in China will not affect uh, the importance uh, of the United States market at all. Um, we are uh, developing our retail network. Uh, we are uh, developing even our wholesale accounts, which have uh, been in place for uh, many decades by now. And uh, we believe that will be very uh, rewarding for uh, both uh, the wholesalers and Canal itself. In China, does Canali work with any brand ambassadors there or other influencers to target young Chinese luxury consumers? Uh, we did it when we, uh, specifically when we uh, launched the Atonit capsule. Mm -hmm. And uh, in general, it's a strategy that we will pursue uh, worldwide, uh, both in China and the United States and in Western countries, Western European countries, because it's uh, a very important tool that we must exploit. So many believe that new technologies are sort of the opposite of Italy's craftsmanship and could change the structure of the fashion system, you know, rendering many of its small factories obsolete. That using digital technology is unthinkable if you want to achieve a certain sartorial excellence. What are your uh, thoughts? Uh, my thought is that uh, over the past 40 years, I can introduce uh, technological innovations uh, in the production uh, processes uh, several times uh, uh, with the goal, specific goal to add quality and at the same time to reduce costs and lead time. And uh, the result uh, was very successful and very rewarding. Um, so my point is that whenever you have a chance to uh, add quality and increase quality of the product through innovation, uh, you, you must do it. Uh, I'll just give you an example. We were the first, uh, among the first who introduced uh, the um, uh, automatic uh, cutting systems uh, in the 70s in Italy that simply allowed uh, to stop cutting fabrics by hand and with scissors and instead of using a computer um, um, moved and controlled uh, um, blade. And that allowed us to have uh, sharper cuts um, in a shorter amount of time uh, with the chance to uh, increase uh, uh, the efficiency of the manufacturing facilities. Um, if we push on a fast forward button and we uh, concentrate on what happened uh, like seven years ago in the cutting department, uh, we introduce uh, 
a process innovation that allowed us to better manage uh, the increase the complexity of uh, of the of the demand which means that uh, uh, we we had already a demand uh, uh, with a lower volume per uh, per skew yeah. and with a larger amount of uh, uh, of of fabrics so basically the technology that was in place which is the the common technology out there was not the right fit for uh, the change demand so we worked uh, based upon our expertise we worked on our innovation uh, concerning the, the cutting process and uh, this innovation allowed us to further decrease uh, the lead time to uh, manage uh, the, the complexity in a very efficient way. And uh, that was basically possible thanks to the expertise we had accrued over the past decade. So innovation is not, uh, is not something that detracts quality from the product and it doesn't even detract quality from a sartorial product. The quality of a sartorial product is very much related to the, uh, the, the skills of the artisans and in their hands. The hands and the brain of the artisan are the tools that leveraging the technological innovation allow to end up with a high quality sartorial piece of garment. So many luxury labels like Gucci and Balenciaga have been venturing into the virtual world via new presentation formats, you know, the sale of NFTs and partnerships with the online video gaming sector. Do you see the metaverse as a business opportunity for Canali? It's a business opportunity for Canali uh, pretty much as um, uh, for any other brand. I would make a distinction concerning the opportunity to heavily invest in metaverse now vis-a-vis um, -vis the, the opportunity to have a look at it and concentrate the investments uh, when the uh, phenomenon will be more mature. I believe that uh, um, it's uh, a very fashionable word uh, these days. Uh, I believe that uh, few knows uh, how uh, the metaverse uh, uh, will be on a stable version. So the, the evolution of the metaverse uh, and uh, over the next few years, uh, if uh, we have to uh, pursue a a try and, and, um, and a trial, you know, strategy in the metaverse uh, might make a sense. But I believe that uh, we'd better wait for uh, the metaverse as a concept to evolve towards a more mature status. What is Canali doing to be a more sustainable company without looking like you're greenwashing? Where will you be investing in sustainability initiatives this year? This is a very hot question. I know. I had to <laughs> ask you. Uh, well, I believe that, first of all, you have to assess where you are. And uh, if you want to assess your situation, you must uh, measure the environmental footprint of your activities. And... Uh, right after assessing uh, the situation, you might knowledgeably decide how to intervene and how to reduce uh, the environmental impact of your, of your company. Uh, we believe that um, the protocol uh, uh, devised by European Union, which is called uh, Organization Environmental Footprint or Product Environmental Footprint, are uh, a, a very effective uh, tool in order for a company to assess uh, its environmental footprint. The OEF and PF uh, 
are basically protocols that uh, the European Union um, devised uh, in order to sum up uh, the life cycle assessment protocols that developed uh, uh, in a large number out there over the past decades. And um, these protocols, uh, different one from the other, to the extent that the organization environmental footprint allows you to have uh, an absolute definition of the impact uh, of uh, all the activities uh, that are run by the company, uh, from uh, you know the, um, the raw materials that a company buys and uses in order to produce and to manufacture the goods that eventually are sold, to the manufacturing processes that are governed by the company itself, uh, to the impact uh, coming from uh, the, the offices and headquarters uh, and even the stores. Uh, technically speaking, uh, it's uh, an approach that considers the impact from cradle to gate. While the PF, the Product Environmental Footprint, um, assesses the impact of a single uh, product, mm -hmm. um, which is... Uh, uh, a quote of a part of the OF, basically, it's OF divided by the, the number of SKUs that you manufacture. In addition to that, it considers the durability, the, uh, the, the, the impact deriving from, the, from the, the usage of the product itself and the end of life. Right. Um, both protocols consider 16 indicators concerning climate change, water consumption, natural resources, ecosystems, and human health. And it gives you a clear quantitative idea of uh, the environmental footprint of uh, uh, what you do and of your products. Uh, we are in the process of completing the OEF. We will then uh, uh, go through uh, the um, assessment of the PF of a cluster of products representing the majority of our production. And after that, we have a clear picture uh, that will allow us to embark in uh, uh, very uh, effective uh, initiatives uh, addressing uh, the real impact of our company. Now, I believe that it's very important to measure first because uh, otherwise uh, you run the risk to be misinterpreted in whatever initiatives you might embark in. So what other areas of focus for Canali in 2022? What other things can we expect this year? You shared a little bit. We have... Uh, Many many products on the many initiatives on the grill these right. days. <laughs> we have the replatforming uh, of the uh, online stores. Yep. Uh, we have the further development of the Chinese online stores that they opened up last year with Tmall and WeChat. Uh, in addition to the uh, expansion of the physical or retail stores that we mentioned before uh, in uh, in uh, uh, mainland China, uh, we have uh, the. Uh, the push on the CRM activities. Uh, we have a new store concept that we released uh, uh, in the second uh, half of, the, of this year. So my final question, Stefano, which is the luxury item question that I ask all my guests. So if you were stranded on a deserted island and you can only have one luxury item with you, what would that luxury item be? It can't be any form of air transportation to get you off that island. It can't be anything that requires mobile service so you can call somebody to get you off that island. It's just you, a few palm trees, a lot of sand, and all surrounded by water. What would that one luxury item you would want to have with you? That's tricky. Uh, <laughs> well, I would bring uh, a wonderful woolen 
jackets really? that uh, yeah a jacket that we uh, launched on the market last year which is uh, the, the names come from um, shirt and jacket because it sports uh, the um, jacket construction and the shirt lightness and the reason why I would bring uh, the shacket, a woolen shacket, is uh, the fact that uh, during the day uh, would be able to protect me from the, the sunshine, <laughs> even from the hot temperature, because yes. it's uh, it's made out of wool. Uh, during night, you know, at night it will protect me from uh, from the cold temperature, and in case uh, it might turn into a pillow, that might be helpful. <laughs> and just in case you want to have a cocktail party with yourself, you'll be all dressed up. Of course, I would keep the <laughs> Canali label quite evident on the sleeve. <laughs> Stefano, yeah, Stefano Canali, President and Chief Executive Officer at Canali. Thank you so much for joining me on the luxury item. Thank you, Scott. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. That's it for this episode of the Luxury Item Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this useful and entertaining, I would be really grateful if you can share it with a friend or colleague. I would love it if you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other listeners find us. The Luxury Item Podcast is a production of Silvertone Consulting. I'm your host, Scott Kerr. Until next time.